for human resources professionals who walk the fine line between providing strategic support and grabbing a baseball bat, welcome to HR Hardball, hosted by John Reeves Whitaker. This is your leadership moment, folks. Don't screw it up. I would have eaten my children years ago. Hello, HR. This is John Whitaker coming to you with episode four. This is September in review. Look back at some of the main events that dropped in September. God knows there's no shortage and how it might impact the workplace. Let's kick it. So it wouldn't be right if we uh, didn't start off September's news with back to school. Of course, that's what happens when uh, September rolls around. Kids get ready to go back to school, or did they? This was a year unlike any other and that we had this whole rigmarole over virtual learning or live learning, the benefits of each. I know that my neighborhood, uh, local school district, is still at war at the end of the month about this entire topic. And I know that several of you are probably experiencing the same thing. Uh, funny enough, it's the kids who are, well, not funny enough. It's actually a damn shame. The kids are the ones who are suffering from this probably uh, the most as parents and school administrators and teachers fight about this. Uh, you have kids who are doing virtual schedules, uh, kids who are completely live, and then you have some hybrid schedules, which looks like in some way, shape, or form is going to continue to be the norm for a while. There are COVID re uh, restrictions in each and every school. It's pretty amazing to see what they have been able to do in basically three or four months' time preparing for this as we go back to school uh, kids are wearing masks. Kids have uh, plastic dividers. They have uh, ways to keep them socially distanced, sometimes rotating classes. You know, I got to tip your cap to school administrators, whatever you believe. What a mess to have to figure out. No one has had to do it before. These people are riding uh, blindfolded in a new process that no one's ever had to do before. Now, it's going to impact us in the workplace if it hasn't already because, of course, we have parents who are not in a position to stay at home and care for their children. I, for one, am not a homeschool teacher. I would be a horrible homeschool teacher. I would have eaten my children years ago. But some people uh, are taking advantage of the situation and actually enjoy that. That's fantastic. Others are going to have to go back to work, and then what do we have? We have some real interesting decisions that are going to have to be made because, as you probably know, covid does also come with some additional protections that were not there before. So if you have people who have been working remote and they have been effective, performance has not suffered, and the job can be done fully remote, it's going to be difficult to prove that they must be back in the office full time um, if you have nothing but basically your, your past as a precedent. So look for that because there's a whole lot of legislation coming out. You know, COVID is going to not only be the most political, but probably the most litigious uh, pandemic of all time. We do have additional protected classes because of COVID. People who are at these high-risk groups, including obesity, is now considered a d disability, which is uh, shocking when you realize a third of the nation is obese. So you have that as a protected class as it relates to COVID, return to work. If somebody is in a protected class because they are higher at risk and they have uh, a claim that they feel at risk, then an accommodation is going to be forthcoming. So be prepared for that. All right, what else is going on? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Protest? Yeah, they're going on. They're still going on. Over 100 days after the 
tragedy of George Floyd's death, we still have protests going on in many of our cities. Portland, for one, I think the um, I think that's their new norm, by the way, is riots. Mostly peaceful, of course, as they burn the city down. But the reason I bring this up is because, again, this will impact the workplace. I don't know if you have activism in your uh, particular office, if you have people who are expressing social and uh, political affiliations or their beliefs or they're stepping into territory that others are going to be antagonized by. This is something that we're all going to face as HR professionals. Believe that. You have uh, a very powerful movement right now, and Black Lives Matter. And of course, then you have the separation of Black Lives Matter, the organization, which many people consider a Marxist-founded organization. And then you have the Black Lives Matter movement, which I don't know anyone who doesn't support, uh, because, of course, black lives do matter, but that's a fine line, and you got to figure out how many people are making that separation in their mind between the organization, which is definitely political, and the movement, which is definitely social and for the betterment of humanity. So what if you have these types of conflicts in the workplace? How are you going to react? You can react one of uh, two different ways that I know of. One, you can encourage employees informally to please refrain from you know, taking a hard stance or a controversial stance in the workplace out of respect for others and out of respect for all. Or you can do the HR route of creating policy, which is even trickier because a policy you know, tends to be pretty black and white. And this is definitely a situation that is, I mean, that's probably a really bad analogy right now, huh? But that's the way it is. It requires a lot of common sense. It requires a lot of navigating in the gray. Because if somebody comes to work one day wearing a Black Lives Matter mask, and then the next day somebody wears a Blue Lives Matter mask, and then the next day somebody wears an All Lives Matter mask, well, you got yourself quite the brouhaha on hand. So you got to think about that because we are going to be faced with the situation. A lot of companies are just now starting to open back up, get people back in the office. And with people back in the office, people are going to be people. And we need to be out in front of this. And, of course, because 2020 just couldn't get worse. Uh, oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to pass away, you know, three months before the election and give us something else to just go crazy and ape shit on each other about. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, iconic figure, uh, inspiration to generations of women, rightfully so, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. She passes away at the age of 87. Which, of course, leads to Trump having the right to offer up a replacement candidate, which he's done, Amy Coney Barrett. And she will be ripped apart uh, limb by limb over the next month or so. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But it's not going to be pretty, and it's unfortunate. And sure, why not just have that now? Let's, let's do that, too. Let's just get it all out. Um, best of luck to Amy Coney Barrett, because that is not going to be a fun pro uh, process for her. Uh, but September did end in a flourish, and I think the best way to describe it is it was just a bad week for, for POTUS. The first and hopefully and likely last presidential debate of 2020 was aired on September 29th, and I'm not sure if you'll find anybody that says it was just a, a great debate or a raging success. It was actually more of a dumpster fire. Um, a dumpster fire with soiled, dirty diapers burning 
and rubber tires. How about that? It was horrible. Um, I'm sure that Trump's strategy, if you want to call it that, was to attack Biden early and often to knock him off kilter. Um, but a couple things happened that threw that off. Number one, Biden actually was more coherent than anyone expected, I think. And then the moderator decided to be Biden's wingman and kind of monitor uh, Biden's answers and bail him out a little bit. But Trump acted like a buffoon. Uh, Biden acted like a buffoon as well. Unfortunately, uh, people are not going to remember Biden acting like a buffoon. Donald made sure of that. But you have, uh, you had, I think the way Ben Shapiro described it was the Swedish chef against Chewbacca. And I, I can't think of a more accurate way to, to describe that. But of course, this debate will be, will be remembered for two really idiotic statements, uh, one for each candidate. Uh, the first, the one that's going to be emblazoned forever because no one will let this one die, is when Trump was asked once again to condemn white supremacy, which he's done several times. But of course, that turns into a debate question. And somehow he turns that softball into uh, calling out the Proud Boys, which, come on, really? Proud Boys? The Proud Boys to stand down and stand by. And stand by. Those three words are going to haunt that man forever because that's just a, a stupid, ridiculous thing to say. And uh, not to be outdone, however, Joe Biden, when asked about Antifa, which has continued to participate in riots and protests and violence and has been for many years, uh, he says that Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Or was it? The, it doesn't matter which way it happened and what sequence. That both of them, you know, disgraceful. Country with over 350 million people to think that our choice comes down to either or with these two guys. Well, let's just say October. Hopefully, will get better. And as I say that, of course, we know how October let off. POTUS has COVID. Why not? Let's just keep piling it on. Um, I would imagine that puts the end to any other debates for sure. And I think uh, it's probably driven Joe Biden into the second level bunker because if they can keep him out of COVID, COVID's way, um, I think he's probably got this one wrapped up at this point. We'll see. So 2020 continues with the, I guess we're in month, uh, what, month six of a continuous kick in the groin. So September's no different. It's actually, things are going to start intensifying again. We're two months, or excuse me, God, not two months. We are 36 days out from an election, which promises to be, you know, just the capstone on just a lovely year altogether. Uh, my hope is for all of us to be able to brush off 2020 somehow, some way, and get back to being civil to one another. Because what, what this is going to show us, again, is what we're truly made of. As people return to work, and maybe it's been a blessing that everyone's been remote for several months. But as we return to work and more people begin to voice their opinions in the workplace, it's going to be visible. It's going to be audible. We need to be on top of it. So until next time, and get ready for a great episode, episode five. I'm going to host an old friend who is just an amazing business person, and she's come uh, to speak about a really cool concept that she invented. I'm not going to give it away. But until then, this is Whitaker out. Whitaker out.